Talk Radio. knows what their internal numbers are, but as far as we can pull together, the Psychos at Davos 2024 are gleefully celebrating their victorious genocide of 17 million people from their poisonous jabs with far more in their sights. The unelected so-called health experts at Davos 2024 are now prioritizing Disease X, the final solution to solidify New World Order domination. How did we get here? It began with utilizing COVID hysteria. Dr. Fauci blew up the age-old regulatory process for testing new vaccines in order to bring in a host of DNA-altering technology. COVID has since been proven to have been created in a lab. Disease X is lab-driven from the outset. Decades of researching human genes in mice and other animals and the discovery of ancient diseases have resulted in the World Economic Forum nonchalantly predicting that Disease X, with a 100% kill rate, could spread across the world in as little as 36 hours, killing upwards of 80 million people. Research has been ongoing at the UK's high-security, state-of-the-art facility in Porton Down, where a threat list grows of animal viruses capable of infecting humans. Meanwhile, the United States Congress is pushing the bio-research bill, H.R. 3832, to further U.S. labs' research of Disease X. Disease X represents far more than a pandemic of untold mass death. Disease X allows the pharma billionaires behind it to become trillionaires. Now, Disease X, um, I've been teaching this sort of thing pretty well full-time since 1990. And um, I'd never heard of this Disease X, so I looked at some of my books. Because when I wrote my book, I couldn't remember putting it in. So it wasn't in there, but so it must be a new disease. It's a virus we don't know yet, but we do know it's out there. But the video I was doing yesterday was examining a particular virus uh, that was uh, experimentally used to infect mice, caused a disease of the brain. And on, uh, at, the, at the end of the study, none of the mice at the end of the study were alive anymore. And that virus, my understanding from reading of the paper, was it had been, it evolved in cell cultures in a laboratory. So as a result of going through cell cultures in a laboratory, the function of the virus had been uh, had been increased. So is the next pandemic really preventable? <laughs> Funding from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation supported CEPI to invest $1.2 million in a startup to create under-the-tongue vaccine wafers for needle-free vaccines against disease X, while simultaneously allowing the World Health Organization's pandemic treaty to reach into sovereign nations and bypass their governments, a policy-shifting Trojan horse that was rehearsed at the Clade X tabletop exercise by the Johns Hopkins Center in Washington, D.C. in 2018. The World Health Organization estimates that 150 million people have died. That's approximately 2% of the global population. In the U.S., there have been an estimated 82 million severe cases and 15 million deaths. At least 5 million Clade X deaths happened because adequate medical care wasn't available. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is down 90%. The GDP, down 50%. It was only by nationalizing the healthcare system that basic medical care is still available. The government now pays for 
controls and rations all medical care. The president remains in critical condition. And while the vice president is out of intensive care, he remains unable to assume his constitutional duties. One third of the US Congress is dead or incapacitated. What if years go by without a vaccine? Then experts tell us that we could eventually see 30 to 40 million deaths in the US and more than 900 million around the world. 12% of the global population. As the expose reported, Claydex is said to have illustrated high-level strategic decisions and policies needed to prevent a severe pandemic or diminish its consequences should prevention fail, and will educate senior leaders at the highest levels of U.S. government as well as members of the global policy and preparedness community and the general public. Disease X is coming, but it isn't some chaotic pandemic we must manage. It is a genocidal kill weapon agreed upon by the worst members of humanity. John Bowne reporting. It's Wednesday, January 17th in the year of 2024. And you're listening to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video. I think it's time to blow this thing. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The American Journal. We have a very big show for you today. Of course, lots of videos coming out of the World Economic Forum. We'll get to some of those. After all, they can't help but brag about what they're planning. We'll talk about that. We'll read between the lines as to what they're saying. We'll also be joined in the second hour by Anthony Rubin with Muckraker. They recently came out with a full-fledged documentary showing the organized, coordinated invasion campaign being carried out by the U.N. and our own government against us. Very excited to talk to him again. And we'll open up the phone lines for your calls in the third hour. So stay tuned for that. In fact, I think Simon from Florida is going to call in with a pretty interesting series of treaties that are being signed that really lay out what the New World Order has in store for the next big war, the next big world war that we are obviously trying desperately to start. So with that, let's get right into it. Here it is, your Daily Dispatch. All right, here it is, folks, your Daily Dispatch for Wednesday, the 17th of January, 2024. Chinese researchers engineer deadly coronavirus strain targeting the brain with 100% kill rate in mice, and they acknowledge potential human spillover risk. I, but why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> why, though? A team of Chinese researchers has successfully developed a mutant strain of coronavirus with an alarming 100% kill rate in mice, specifically designed to target the brain cells, the Daily Mail reported. The findings, detailed in a contentious study, highlight the pathogen's enhanced lethality and potential risk it poses for spillover into human populations. The preprint study, which was published in BioRxiv uh, website on January 3rd, details the experiment conducted by these researchers using a variant of the pangolin coronavirus this virus was introduced to a group of mice to study the effects and it killed them all extremely quickly they say it can cause a 100 percent mortality in human ace 2 
transgenic mice, potentially attributable to late-stage brain infection. So ACE2 transgenic mice means uh, mice enhanced with human cells so that it they, their reaction more closely reflects what a human would go through if they caught the virus. This underscores a spillover risk of GX underscore PV2 into humans and provides a unique model for understanding the pathogenic mechanisms of SARS-CoV-2-related viruses, according to the study. The researchers claim the two pangolin coronaviruses were identified even before the COVID-19 outbreak. These viruses were isolated and cultured in different years. The results were alarming as all the mice, all the mice were affected with live virus died within seven to eight days post-inoculation. The virus was not only found in the bodies of the mice, but it reached critical organs such as the brain, eyes, and lungs. The, uh, the researchers noted a rapid weight loss in the infected mice within five days, followed by other symptoms such as sluggishness and white eyes. In the later stages of the infection, it was observed that the viral load in the lungs had significantly decreased by day six. However, the viral RNA loads and viral teeters in the brain samples increased uh, substantially by day six, suggesting severe brain infection was the primary cause of death. Again, I just gotta, I just gotta ask why, 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 but why though, but why are you doing this? Honestly, what, what is the benefit of this? What is the purpose of this? I can kind of understand doing dangerous scientific experiments if the benefit is equivalent to the risk, is, is worthy of the risk that you're taking. But the risk is the point of this virus. I mean, what are you going to do with the virus? The, the risk is that the virus gets out and infects everybody. Why else would you engineer a virus? I mean, that is the point of engineering a virus is so that it infects everybody. <laughs> so just what just what are they doing? Just what are they doing? But of course, it's not the only time this has happened. In 2022 in Boston University, scientists created a new deadly COVID strain with an 80% death rate compared to the approximately 1% rate of COVID-19. What's more shocking is those experiments at Boston University were not done in a highly uh, high containment bio safety level four facility, but used a lower safety level three protocol, enormously increasing the risk for human infection and transmission. And that's why. That's why this exact reason is why the people that created the first coronavirus should probably be subjected to excruciating punishment and capital punishment to teach them a lesson so that the next person that wants to create a virus that destroys the world might go, you know, but I don't want to have my fingernails ripped out. So I, maybe I won't do this. We got to do something. We got to do something to stop these people. What the hell? And we'll we'll get more into that later because, yeah, it's not just China doing this. America is obviously deeply involved in this as well. So we'll get into that a little bit later. But another sickness is on the top of our list here. Travelers at Dulles and Reagan airports exposed to measles linked to, quote, international traveler. The travelers at Dulles and Reagan airports were exposed to measles linked to an international traveler earlier this month. It's unclear if that, quote, international traveler is an illegal alien. 
Measles is a highly contagious illness that can spread easily through the air when an infected person breathes, coughs, or sneezes. Measles symptoms usually appear in two stages. In the first stage, most people have a fever of greater than 101 degrees, runny nose, watery eyes, and a cough. These symptoms usually start 7 to 14 days after being exposed. Second stage starts 3 to 5 days after symptoms start when a rash begins to appear on the face and spread to the rest of the body. People with measles are contagious from 4 days before the rash appears to 4 days after the rash appears. Health officials in the nation capital are warning of possible measles exposure Tuesday after a person with a confirmed case traveled through two of the busiest airports in the region when returning home from an international trip. And you remember before coronavirus, measles was the big thing. Measles was the thing that they were trying to get everybody inoculated for. And there were measles outbreaks that were cause of, of massive concern. And if you actually looked into that, you would see that every single time there was a measles exposure in america it was from an international traveler who brought it in to the country and that's the case with almost every disease that you can get vaccinated for these days doing research when a son was born and just look just looking in once again to vaccines and looking at the diseases that they treat for it's like every disease pretty much is like, well, this disease that you're being inoculated for, it's basically eradicated in America. It doesn't exist here anymore, except in pockets of illegal immigrants, illegal alien neighborhoods. It's extremely prevalent, and uh, international travelers do bring it in every once in a while. So it's like, we've done it. We have eradicated these diseases from our society. And if our societies were hermetically sealed from the outside world, these diseases would just become things of the past. You wouldn't even have to inoculate for them anymore because there would be no risk of exposure ever, except that people from other countries are bringing it in. And I wonder how many of the 10 million people that have crossed the border since Biden got into office are bringing these types of diseases as well. I wonder how many Americans will be subjected to diseases that the first world has eradicated I wonder how much suffering and death will be caused by the open border in addition to, of course, the staggering levels of crime that come along with it. Actually, I have a, I have a little thing uh, about that too, and uh, maybe, maybe I'll have to dig around and find that here in just a second because uh, they've recently published just some of the crime rates having to do with illegal immigrants in, I believe, Texas alone, but it may have been uh, America as a whole – and it's just just unimaginable, just tens of thousands of murders and horrific beatings and just all sorts of just horrible things that our people are being subjected to by our government as they bring in the people who victimize us. It really is something else. Meanwhile, VP chants erupt as Vivek Ramaswamy takes stage at Trump's campaign event in New Hampshire – President Trump invited former presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy onto the stage at his campaign event in Atkinson, New Hampshire. As Trump started giving his opening remarks, he invited Vivek to share a short speech. In his speech, Vivek expressed that there is a war going on between those who love the United States and those who want to destroy it. He said, quote, we need a commander in chief who will lead us to victory in this war. After he concluded his speech, Ramaswamy was received well by Trump supporters and VP chants erupted. And we'll actually go to that uh, video in just a second. Uh, the whole thing's pretty long, but we can at least uh, begin it. But this is what Vivek Ramaswamy 
is supposed to be doing. That's this is exactly what we need him doing. And actually, I, I dug it up. It was back in February of last year when Vivek Ramaswamy was first hitting the campaign trail and making a big splash. And I only slightly facetiously asked if Vivek Ramaswamy is so great, why isn't he help, helping Trump win? In other words, Trump is the guy. Trump is the leader of this movement. Trump is the inevitable candidate for the Republican Party. And so everybody was celebrating Vivek and talking about how how great he was and how uh, all the points he was bringing up. I was like, well, if he's so great, why is he challenging our leader? Uh, you know, it's like if he's if he's a wonderful guy that's going to save America, uh, then why is he not consolidating his power with Donald Trump in order to maximize the possibility of victory there? And a part of me thinks, like, was this a Trump plan all along? I don't think it was. I, d- I don't think it was. But if it was, you couldn't have planned it better. So while Trump is dealing with his legal issues and staying above the the raucousness of the Republican debate, a very early supporter of um, Ronald Reagan, and as Ronald Reagan was becoming the Republican candidate for presidency, he was asking this this guy, this wealthy benefactor, very libertarian dude. He's a guy that helped Ron Paul uh, quite a bit through his career as well. And so Ronald Reagan's talking to this guy about who he should pick as a uh, vice president. And I heard this from this guy. He said, I told Ronald Reagan, anybody but George Bush. You can have anybody as, as vice president, but don't you dare choose George Bush. George H.W. Bush. And Ronald Reagan said, yeah, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't choose him. You know, he's, he's, he's no good. I wouldn't, I got other picks. And a little bit of time passes. And then Ronald Reagan calls this guy back and goes, they're saying it has to be Bush. I don't know who they are. I don't know if that's the RNC. I don't know what puppet masters are dictating things to the future president of the United States, but he didn't want George H.W. Bush, his Supporters didn't want George H.W. Bush, but they did. So they got what they wanted, and George H.W. Bush was his vice president. And then, lo and behold, Ronald Reagan is shot in an assassination attempt, and George H.W. Bush is almost president via assassination. So I'm sure Trump knows this, right? Like, Trump is not stupid, right? Trump talks to Roger Stone, right? He knows not to pick somebody like Nikki Haley or else he's going to be JFK slash Ronald Reagan. So I really do hope he chooses Vivek. That would at least make it a little bit more difficult for the powers that be to eliminate Trump in favor of their preferred candidate. Finally, we have this. This is crazy. It's a disaster. Public charging stations turn into electric car graveyards in bitter Chicago cold. Electric vehicle owners in Chicago area have not been able to charge their overpriced method of transportation in the bitter cold this week, leaving scenes of dead electric cars littered across public charging stations. Turns out buying a worthless car to virtue signal for the environment has unintended consequences. Yes, the coal-powered cars. Fox Chicago reported Monday that the charging stations have turned into electric car graveyards over the past two days as temperatures in the Windy City and its suburbs have dipped to the negative double digits. One man, Tyler Beard, uh, said to the outlet, 
that he'd been trying to recharge his Tesla at an Oak Brook Tesla supercharging station since Sunday afternoon, saying, quote, nothing, no juice, still on 0%. And this is like three hours being out here uh, after being out here three hours yesterday. Well, that sucks. Sucks for you, I guess. Six hours. Can you imagine spending six hours over two days just trying to do what it takes a gasoline-powered car 30 seconds? 30 seconds versus six hours, and he's still at 0%. I wonder why that is. Is it, cars just don't, Electric cars just don't work when it's too cold and not factor that in to the calculations? <laughs> okay. Kevin Sumerak told Fox 32 that he landed Sunday night at Chicago O'Hare International Airport and found his Tesla dead. He was forced to hire a flatbed tow truck to locate a working charging station. <laughs> Man, it's so inconvenient. I mean, literally. I mean, electric cars. My God. It's the most inconvenient thing ever. And you realize just how, like, I never, really until I started, until until I got a big yard and started using uh, gasoline power tools, you never realize how awesome gasoline is. It's the coolest thing ever. Like, it's, it's amazing. It really is incredible. And then you just compare it to the electric. I mean, I have electric all of like the same tool, like an electric leaf blower and a gasoline leaf blower. I'll use the electric one for little piddly things. If I'm blowing leaves off the porch or whatever, it's like, and you get the gasoline one. It's just like, and just like blowing trees over. It's so It's so awesome. Gasoline is just awesome. It really is. And uh, it doesn't freeze. You can actually use it in the cold, unlike charging stations. And here's the great thing. If something does happen and you run out of gas or you, Come back. I mean, this literally could never happen unless you got all of your gas siphoned out of your tank, which I don't even think you can really do. There's always going to be a little bit of gasoline in there. But just in case there was some freak accident where all of the gasoline evaporated from your car and when you were on a trip and you land at an airport and go and find your car is suddenly out of gas, again, impossible. But in case something like that were to happen, unlike having to hire a flatbed tow truck that probably cost $1,000 to haul your Tesla away, you can actually just go to the gas station and get a gallon of gasoline and pour it into your car right there in the parking lot. Like it's, I mean, the point is if electric cars had been invented first and then gasoline cars came out, it would be like the greatest invention ever. People would be like, can you believe how incredibly efficient and convenient this new gas technology is? It's unlike anything we've ever seen. It's so powerful. It's so convenient. This is, this is a miracle. And not so much with the electric cars. We were sort of actually kind of going in reverse in a lot of ways. But don't try to go reverse in your Tesla. It might blow up. Tens of thousands of illegal Chinese migrants detained at U.S. border in major national security threat. But were they let in, though? Were they let in? That's my question. As the border crisis continues to spiral, Border Patrol officers are reporting a spike in the number of Chinese migrants apprehended while trying to enter the U.S. illegally, underscoring the threat to national security posts by President Biden's open border policy. Since October 1st, around 16 thousand Chinese nationals have been detained by Border Patrol agents after illegally crossing the border at various points of entry. 
They report that nearly 10,000 such migrants were apprehended in October and November, which means that roughly 6,000 have been arrested since December. That does not include the 40 illegal immigrants who were recently detained by Mexican authorities on their way to the U.S. by bus in southern Mexico, nor does it include the 180 migrants they apprehended the same day coming from Central and South America towards the United States. The problem has grown so dramatically that the mainstream media can no longer ignore it, with the New York Times and CNN recently reporting on the problem, an in-depth report to CNN uh, by CNN reveals that more than 31,000 Chinese citizens have been apprehended by authorities crossing illegally into America from Mexico during the first 11 months of 2023, which is a notable rise over the average of just 1,500 per year during the previous decade. Okay. All right. Can we just seriously think about this for one second? You would typically have, for the last decade... 1,500 people per year from China try to enter the country illegally. 1,500 per year. Last year, in the first 11 months, there were 31,000 Chinese people. So something happened that caused the Chinese population crossing at the southern border to increase by 30 times. What could that have been? What could have caused that? How could that have happened? More than the preceding 10 years combined. As we get ready for a war with China, they are sending 30,000 agents across our southern border in a single year. Yeah, we'll get back into this in just a little bit. We'll get back into this. We'll show you some videos from the World Economic Forum. Remember, folks, go to InfoWarsStore.com. There's a wonderful combo deal on right now. If you get DNA Force Plus and the Real Red Pill Plus, you get both of them for 50% off, 40% off individually, 50% off as the combo pack. Supercharge your body's defenses. Get DNA Force Plus and Real Red Pill Plus right now for 50% off. When you combine them, go to InfoWarsStore.com today to support this singular outlet for free speech. Videos from the World Economic Forum on the other side. Your phone calls later in the show and Muckraker in between. We'll be right back. Naturally sourced from the finest hemp plants in America, Rebel Zen offers the absolute finest quality CBD available and at the lowest prices. Extracted using a cold-pressed technique to retain the molecular integrity of the cannabinoids and terpenes within the plant, this full-spectrum formula ensures that your nervous system gets the full benefits of CBD. Premium quality organic CBD, like Rebel Zen, has been shown to naturally reduce anxiety, relieve pain, and decrease inflammation. People have reported a reduction in symptoms of insomnia, arthritis, seizures, chronic pain, and epilepsy. Several studies have shown it helps to reduce cortisol, increase serotonin, and boost vitality. Order yours today at InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today.
taking a record of the hearts and minds of the American people. It's the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Disease X, World War Three, the illegal immigration pipeline, not just overwhelming our system by sheer force of number, but also allowing in tens of thousands of Chinese nationals, which again, I think I just want to spend a second on this story again. After all, China is our primary geopolitical opponent. Some people have you believe it's Russia. Not exactly true. Russia really didn't do anything to encroach on our land. Nothing nothing that Russia did affected us. So other people want you to think it's Iran. This is another fight we're choosing to have. Now, if there's one country that's actually a threat to America, it is 100% China. And it's a threat that has not just gone, you know, unopposed in the recent past. In a lot of cases, the American establishment has done everything they can to empower China. I mean, every step of the way. And we did this with the Soviet Union as well, by the way. We built the Soviet Union. American industry built the Soviet Union from the ground up on purpose, in secret, by design during the Second World War. And then, of course, they became our primary enemy during the Cold War. They wouldn't even exist if it wasn't for us. Maybe I should spend some time on that one day. When you hear the number of, like, the amount, just raw material that was sent, I mean, it's it's staggering, absolutely staggering what we sent to the uh, Soviet Union. China was the same, right? China was set up. Communist China was established from the outset by a bunch of New York bankers that went over to give the funding to Mao to help him create his Communist Party. You know, we facilitated all of that. We allowed that to happen in the more recent past. It has been our industry and our so-called leadership, again, the bankers in New York, who offshored all of our manufacturing to China, just willfully giving up our economic engine to China almost completely. And that's had, of course, devastating impacts, completely hollowing out the manufacturing base of this country, the Rust Belt, you know, all of that. But then in addition to that, and more recently, our university system in many cases is completely dominated by Chinese nationals who are not expats who came to America to be American, to go to, China, you know, go to American colleges to build up this country because they don't believe in communism. No, these are just communist Chinese people who come here to take part in our university, to learn our military technology, and they just take it back to China. And there's even a video on Twitter a couple days ago where it was a student of Chinese descent, but an American student going, all of my professors are straight up Chinese. All of my, all of their TAs, all of their teaching assistants are straight up Chinese. Most of the class 
are Chinese. Why don't we just teach it in Chinese? And then, you know, if there's one positive thing that Obama's ever done with his life, it's that documentary American Factory where they show Chinese ownership taking over an American factory and operating it like colonial overseers. So, you know, the threat of China is multifaceted. Obviously, there's Taiwan, which will may very well be a flashpoint of war, although I believe it'll more likely go the way of Hong Kong, where it'll be conquered in a bloodless coup by the Chinese communist influence, primarily through money and coercion of the police force locally there. But it could also be, you know, it could also lead to an outright conflict. You know, China's not exactly shy about their desire for military conflict with America. In fact, they built a one-to-one replica of a American aircraft carrier in the desert so their bombers could practice targeting on the thing that they're eventually going to target. I mean, literally, it's, and it's an American aircraft carrier in a desert in China for them to practice attacking. So not only are they infiltrating us through the corporate sphere, not only are they taking over the industry by outsourcing through the, corp- the corporate sphere, not only are they infiltrating our universities and given priority, and then once they get into the universities, they continue that preferential treatment for their fellow countrymen. And then, at this point, they are just straight up sending over tens of thousands of sleeper cell agents to await orders, I guess. And remember last year, there was the story of Chinese people in America hacking into critical infrastructure, and the, the American military couldn't find them. Oh, and remember when they sent that Chinese spy balloon over? And it was recently discovered that they were actually communicating with mainland China through the internet while they were here, while that balloon was traveling over almost by design all the most sensitive military research sites like Oak Ridge, Tennessee. So, I mean, the the option is either the people in charge of our country are just the most cartoonishly gullible soft-headed morons the world's ever seen where you've got these these chinese people who are just like you are our enemy and we will conquer you and we're going to spy on you and we're going to infiltrate you and the american politicians are just like oh oh you're fleeing communism well come on over come on over we'll say we'll we'll rescue you from the communists you you fled communist china now you're here the land of freedom and the person's like yes Yes, I hate the communist China. Yes, but take me in. Show me your most sensitive documents. Like, they're just stupid. Like, obviously, China is doing this on purpose. Obviously, China is aggressively targeting America for infiltration and subversion. And we're doing nothing to stop it because we either don't realize or because we're in on it. And considering the past actions of our industry offshoring to China, et cetera, et cetera, it seems like they're just all in on it. And we've explained this before in the sense that the global – and I was trying to find this tweet the other day what I covered on the show before where it was a poll where it was like, is Nick Fuentes right and Israel and the Jews are destroying America? Is somebody else right and China is destroying America? Or is Alex Jones right and the World Economic Forum is destroying America? And it's like do you not understand how all of these things work together? It's not an either-or option. It's not either you talk about this or you talk about this. 
the Chinese government has achieved what they want worldwide with their people. They have the facial recognition systems. They have the social credit score. They have the paradigm of absolute and total control of their citizenry to an inhuman and frankly terrifying degree. So they've perfected that system in China. Now they're working on exporting that system to the rest of the world and they're using China as a testing ground. How far can we push people? Uh, you know, how do people respond with this stimulus? How do people respond with this stimulus? See, they already have an enclosed test subject array that they can then experiment on to learn how to best implement these things in the rest of the world. So that's why there's no attacks against China. That's why they don't care that China, you know, calls homosexuality a mental illness. They don't care that China is openly and egregiously racist against everybody else. They don't care about these things. Global warming. They don't care that China is building 10,000 coal power plants because they don't really care about that at all. They don't care about coal power plants. They don't care about pollution. They don't care about climate change. What they care about is control, and China has their population under control, so they're, they're the, the, the icons. They're the idols. They're the one, they're the, they run the system that the globalists want in the rest of the world. So now their actual infiltration and takeover of America is being facilitated by the UN, by all of these NGOs that are funding and and helping to carry out the illegal immigration program. 30,000 Chinese agents, sleeper cells, have been embedded in America in the last three years. You know, I sit up here and I yell and scream about the New World Order and the globalists. They're planning to get rid of the borders and release a virus and have a global power grab. And you saw it all come true. But there's a inverse of that. There's not just the bad stuff I'm telling you about. There's the good stuff I'm telling you about. And just like our information is the best you're going to find out there, our supplements are amazing. So our new special in the last half of January 2024 is here. It's Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus, both 50% off. We're calling it the Supercharged Special. You can get either one of these great items at 40% off individually or together for 50% off. Now, in the time we have left, I can't tell you why they're so great and what they do for your body. Go to InfoWarsShore.com, look at the ingredients and investigate it, and then get them. It supports the InfoWar and it'll change your life. Take advantage now, InfoWarsStore.com. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalists at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, the World Economic Forum is meeting in Davos. We have some uh, videos from that, but I think before we do, before we go to the videos of the people actually saying in their own words what they plan on, as well as some very fun confrontations that are taking place at the World Economic Forum with uh, independent reporters asking questions that the mainstream dare not. Uh, I want to go to a video of... Uh, I believe his name is Malcolm Roberts. He's a senator from, here it is. Uh, yeah, Australian Senator Malcolm Roberts dropping some serious truth bombs about the World Economic Forum and its dystopian Great Reset agenda. He gave this speech in the Australian Parliament. Clip number one, the plan of the Great Reset is that you will die. Let's watch. Instead of working together to push Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum plan based on United Nations policies, work together instead for our country. Klaus Schwab's life by subscription, quote, is really serfdom. It's slavery. Billionaire globalist corporations will own everything. Homes, factories, farms, cars, furniture. And everyday citizens will rent what they need. If their social credit score allows. The plan of the Great Reset is that you will die with nothing. To pull off this evil plan, Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum will need to take more than just material possessions from Australians. Senators in this very chamber today who support the Great Reset threaten our privacy, freedom and dignity. Yes, they're in this Senate chamber. One Nation vehemently opposes the Great Reset, the Digital Identity Bill, theft of agricultural land use, forcing farmers off their land and all of the Great Reset. One Nation has a comprehensive plan to bring our beautiful country back to sustainable prosperity. And in the months ahead, we will be rolling that plan out. Instead of Lib Lab pushing Klaus Schwab's Great Reset with the tagline, you will own nothing and be happy, One Nation advocates the Great Resist. We stand for a world where individuals and communities have primacy over predatory globalist billionaires and their quizzling bureaucrats, politicians and mouthpiece media. One Nation accepts the challenge to provide a better future for everyday Australians. We have one flag, we are one community, and we are one nation. Yes, uh, thanks to uh, Wide Awake Media for, uh, for posting that. And he he you know, lays it out pretty forcefully there, but it's hard to overstate what an all-encompassing plan the World Economic Forum truly has. And you can, I mean, again, we can go, we'll go to their, we'll go to their language as they talk about it. But it, I mean, it's just, it's you just read the headlines, you just read the headlines and that's the plan, right? You see the illegal immigrants crossing by the tens of thousands a day. That's a key part of the plan. You see that these immigrants are blamed on climate change. Obviously climate change is almost the central pillar of their operation and the forced deindustrialization and essential just just tearing down of the power of western europe and america obviously a major part of their plan the subversion of our food supply the destruction of family farms i mean everybody knows this but it's 
a scheme of of control in totality. Like there's nothing that they don't want to control. And again, it's hard to overstate how difficult it will be to reject this with anything less than the majority of people just waking up and rejecting it. Like you have to wake up, you have to reject it, and it has to be a mass movement. And they, again, they actually explain this because they're treating this strategically. They're treating this like a war, and like any war, the, the generals in the conflict are sitting there game planning, okay, how are they going to fight back? How are they going to resist us? And what can we do to defeat their defenses or foil their resistance to us? They're thinking about this militarily almost. And so they're game planning. Now they think that they have achieved critical mass in this. They think they have enough people in enough positions of power that it's irresistible. And it sort of reminds you of the foundation. I've talked about the foundation quite a bit. Old sci-fi book from the 50s. But every info warrior should read it and understand that this is a game plan that the world elite follow. It's like a, it's like a secret book. I mean, you can look at Brave New World and see sort of a fantastical representation of what they eventually want the world to be like. And they're certainly moving in that direction, and every aspect of that book you can see coming to fruition if you, if you know where to look. But the foundation has an important element to it of irresistibility, of a plan being put into place that is immune to any individual interference. And so they have this thing called psychohistory in the foundation where essentially they say that humanity, the bigger the group is, the more easy it is to predict its movements. And once you can predict the movements, you can add stimuli to manipulate those movements. And the, the patterns that humanity takes as a whole are of such force and such overwhelming impetus that any individual's choices cannot affect it to any great degree so there's a there's a sense of inevitability to it and again you need to you just need to read the foundation and think about it as an instruction book for the new world order as to how to operate their subversive network of controllers but that being said here is john Kerry, clip number seven explaining that and again as if he's a military general explaining that the opposing army cannot resist their march. So let's go to uh, clip number seven. We'll explain on the other side. It's absolutely critical that we accelerate. I am convinced beyond any doubt that because of the decisions being made in the marketplace now, because, I mean, you know as well as I do, even if, uh, you know, I don't want this, obviously, but if you wound up with a different president who was opposed to climate crisis, I got news for you. No one politician anywhere in the world can undo what is happening now. The marketplace is doing this. And the only issue for all of us is, is not whether or not we can get or will get to a low-carbon, no-carbon economy globally. We will. 
The only question is, will we get there in time to meet the challenge of the scientists in order to avoid the worst consequences of this crisis? That is what is at stake. So I really look forward to hearing from our folks today uh, who are going to uh, lay out to, to everybody here uh, the ways in which all can participate in this transformation. It's the biggest transformation in the economies of the world in all of human history. It's also the greatest business set of opportunities that we've ever known in all of human history. And smart people are seeing that opportunity, and I think it's going to be the job creator and the energizer of our economies uh, that are going to uh, really transform the world over the course of these next months and years. So that's a threat. I don't know if I have to tell you that, but that, that, was, a, uh, that was a tyrant flexing his perceived power over his subjects. What he's telling you when he says it doesn't matter who's president, in one way he's right, right? In one way he's correct in that we have saw how Trump's presidency went last time. It didn't matter that he was president. The people underneath him refused to obey his orders. The people underneath him subverted him at every pass. The people underneath him are fully ideological adherents to the new world order. So they don't care who's president. They have completely rejected the foundational premise of our republic in that the people get to choose their leaders. Then those leaders are given power no matter who likes it and who doesn't. It's the people's choice at the end of the day. That's the undergirding of our entire system that these people reject and openly subvert at every pass. But he says this will be the biggest transformation in all of human history, which is a very, very heady statement to make, but he means it, and he's serious about this, and it is a complete reorganization and reimagining of humanity itself. That's what he's hinting at. He says it's the decisions of the marketplace. These people love to act like the decisions they make are just happening. It's the marketplace doing this. No, it's BlackRock and Vanguard and the big bench, state, state Street, and the big banks that are forcing this on everybody, and then stepping back and saying, "Well, look at how, look at what's going on, look at what's happening. Isn't this crazy? They're the ones doing this." Sleepless nights seem to be a lot more common these days with everything that's going on both at home and the world at large. If you are having trouble getting to that deep sleep we could all use more of, our new sleep support formula, Down and Out, is just the thing. It's our new, faster-absorbing liquid formula that is specifically designed to help you get the shut-eye you deserve. Formulated to improve upon our best-selling product, Knockout, with Down and Out, now the herbs and melatonin packed inside are extracted directly into the glycerin solution. So the ingredients are already dissolved into the formula before you even take it. One of the other sleep support herbs included is the passion flower, which was traditionally used by Native Americans like the Cherokees, who used it for its relaxing qualities. Be sure to take this product when you are completely ready for sleep, because you will be down and out. Selling out now at InfoWarsStore.com. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Watch it live right now at band.video.
Let's do this, guys. It's good to see you. It's good to be back to New Hampshire. We miss you guys. We're going to make this happen, and you guys know this well. You know this man. You know why we're here. Patriots across the state. We are in the middle of a war in this country. That's what this is. It's not a war between black and white. It's not between Democrat and Republican, even in a deeper sense. It's between the permanent state and the everyday citizen. Between those of us who love the United States of America and a fringe minority who hates this country and what we stand for. And right now we need a commander-in-chief who will lead us to victory in this war. That's what we need in this country. You got to know you're in a war to win one. You can't win one if you're asleep at the switch, have your head stuck in the sand like most Republicans. And I think that's going to require somebody who isn't bought and paid for, a businessman, not a politician. Anybody heard of that? And that's why I was in this race. But I'll tell you, the people of Iowa spoke loud and clear last night. And I'm a big believer that we, the people, create a government that is accountable to us, not the other way around. That we, the people, choose who leads this country. And so we heard we, the people, last night. And that is why last evening I met my friend here. We met in person. And I told him that I would endorse Donald J. Trump for president of the United States and do everything in my power to lead us to victory in this war. It is a 1776 moment right now. That's where we live right now. And you want to know what does it mean to be a Republican today? It means we believe in the ideals of 1776. Ideals like freedom and merit and the pursuit of excellence. That you get ahead in this country, not on the color of your skin, but on the content of your character and your contributions. End affirmative action. End DEI. We are done with the nonsense. Send it back home. It means you believe in the rule of law. And I say this as the kid of legal immigrants to this country. That means your first act of entering this country cannot break the law. And that is why we need to use our military to secure our own southern border in this country. That's what it means to stand for the rule of law in the United States of America. It means the people we elect to run the government needs to be the ones who actually run the government, not the shadow government in the deep state that runs the show today. This man is going to get in there this time around and actually shut down that deep state. Not messing around this time anymore. That's how we win this war in this country. And the way we're actually going to do this in the long run and win this this time around is with elections we need to secure in this country for the long run. You want to know what needs to happen in this country? Single-day voting on Election Day as a national holiday with paper ballots, government-issued ID to match the voter file, and English as the sole language that appears on a ballot. And I'm confident this man will be the one to get us there. And this is how we get our country back. Not black or white. It's deeper than that. These are the ideals of the American Revolution. And you know what? We do have some enemies that we need to defeat on the other side, but we have challenges to address in our own party right here at home. So you know what? If you want somebody who's going to foist onto you to use your social media account, you want to use a driver's license to do it, to have the right to use the Internet, 
This man's not your man. There's another candidate in this race who'll do that for you. It's Nikki Haley. So that's Vivek Ramaswamy giving a speech in New Hampshire with Donald Trump, a very powerful diatribe. And you know, how long did it take them to get mail-in ballots? Completely unconstitutional, completely at odds with the safety, security, and reliability of the voting system. It took about two months. We have until November to reverse that. I don't think that's impossible. It just takes the will to do it. They can pass bills. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, to talk about the new world order at the World Economic Forum is... Open and undisguised. Of course, it always was. I mean, this is the the great irony, and it's you can look at old clips of Alex Jones from Access TV in the '90s, where he says the New World Order that they call themselves the New World Order. We didn't give them that name. That's the code word they use to describe the the New World Order they're creating, the post Cold War unipolar world. Now that is essentially going away now and it's being replaced by a new new world order that again these same people want to have total control of and again it's just it's just strange when you just repeat these people's words and then you're called a conspiracy theorist it's very strange very odd but we know that this is the we know this is the plan. We know how they do it. They do it by creating crises that they then take advantage of. It's the simplest equation ever, and they just do it over and over, and people fall for it over and over and over again. But in that clip that we showed of John Kerry, where he says essentially it doesn't matter who's elected president. He, he says if the president of the United States is against our agenda, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they can't stop us because it's the marketplace that has decided. Okay, well, the marketplace is orchestrated by the people at the top of the marketplace. The marketplace isn't exactly a free and open consequence of people's deliberate choices. It's highly manipulated, highly orchestrated, and being distorted by design to fit the desires of the new world order. So if it was true that it didn't matter who got elected president, then they wouldn't care about Donald Trump. But you can tell every time Donald Trump comes up, they are terrified that he might actually gain power again. They're horrified at this. They're doing everything they possibly can to prevent that from happening. But his point sort of still stands, right? That they've got the corporate heads in on this. They've got the C40 agreement where you've got cities agreeing to institute laws that comport with the World Economic Forum desires at a city level. And you've got the governors, and they're promising to do it at the state level. And you've got the people in the charge of the country, whether elected or not, agreeing to be a part of this. And then you've got the supranational organizations like the UN or the EU, the WHO. They're in on this as well. So in a way, to a degree, he's correct in that 
this is bigger than one person. It's bigger than one party. It's bigger than one organization. It is a network, a, a festering hive of participants, all in their own individual capacity, pushing this agenda forward. Again, you've got to read the foundation. This is how it works. So to one degree, he's right. But what he's really saying to everybody is we aren't asking your permission. We're doing this whether you like it or not. You can vote for whoever you want. If you all universally and and simultaneously vote for somebody who's against our plan because he's against our plan, if you express your opposition to our plan through the voting process, doesn't matter. We're going to do it anyway. I mean, this is the big conflict that's going on right now. And Vivek even pointed at that, right, where he said, we want a government by the people, for the people, that people vote on, not some shadow government controlling things. This is the central conflict of our time, is do we maintain, can we continue to operate a republic that actually adheres to and responds to the will of the people? Or is voting just a an illusion and a Just a, just a little game that they play. Or are they just going to get rid of voting altogether and say, don't worry, our algorithms know how you're going to vote, so you don't have to anymore, like Klaus Schwab hinted at. Last time, uh, last video, we, we played of his a few days ago. So they're, essentially this is the, and, and of course they do it in the most inverted and underhanded and subversive way possible, where everything they do They predicate on preserving democracy and our sacred democracy while simultaneously telling you to your face, it doesn't matter who you vote for. This is happening anyway. So as they destroy any semblance of democracy, every time I mention democracy, people go, oh, but we're not a democracy. We're a republic. I know that. You think you think I don't know that? Democracy means the will of the people being put into action through the electoral process. We have democratic elements to our republic. Now, democracy, as it was known, in fact, I was just reading a book where from the, from the 1700s where they used the term a howl. I didn't realize English, England was some howling democracy, right? I didn't realize it was anarchy here, saying I thought there was some law, I thought there was some order to this society. I didn't realize we were some howling democracy, which I think is a good term. So I'm against, like, Pure democracy. Just because 51% of people want something doesn't mean that should be forced on the other 49. That's why we have a republic. And the, the reason we have the separation of powers is to prevent the exploitation of the American people. All of these things are the things that are going away. And so as they claim they want to preserve democracy, it is not just that they want to use democracy to their own ends. It is a cover as they destroy democracy well i don't think democracy pure democracy in its dictionary definition is a good thing when you're using the term to represent the fact that the people have a say in their own government that is obviously something that is necessary it's what our country was built on as a republic with the democratic process electing people with a with a widespread uh voter base whose will is then manifested in the politicians that they uh, elect so, of course, they have to do it in the most underhanded, deceptive way possible, saying, oh, we're fighting for our democracy, which is why we can't have elections anymore. To preserve our democracy, we have to kick Trump off the ballot. 
Germany is so concerned about our democracy that not only are they readying themselves for war with Russia, right, just like Ukraine, preserve our democracy. Also, you don't get to choose who your president is. It's Zelensky until the war is over, and the war is only over when Zelensky says so. So Zelensky's president until he decides not to be anymore. That's how that works. Our democracy, after all, hundreds of thousands of people have to die to preserve this just blatant illusion, but that's fine. Not only is Germany preparing to for war with Russia to preserve our democracy, they are more and more in the recent past threatening to ban the most popular party in Germany for being the most popular party. AFD, Alternative for Deutschland, it's a right-wing party, and it is the most popular party in Germany, and so now the German government is seriously considering banning the party from existence our democracy right the more popular you are the more likely it is that you get removed by the state this is how just utterly absurd the claims of our democracy are and it's like you can go over it with everything but i mean it just goes on and on here's the the article from politico Germany's far-right AFD is soaring. Can a ban stop it? A fiery debate over whether to ban the ever more radical alternative for Germany is supported by the country's Nazi past. Well, the Nazis were here 80 years ago, so now you can't have a say in your government. Well, so glad the Nazis lost. (laughs) You know, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, the the Nazis were so bad. Why? Well, because they didn't let people have free speech they didn't let people elect their representatives they were tyrants that they were anti-democratic so in order to prevent the in order to prevent the fascists from getting into office we're going to have to uh, ban your political party arbitrarily and without cause the irony is palpable but there it is remember everything these people say is a lie everything they claim to believe is just utter crap. Like, I don't know how to emphasize that anymore. I don't know if it's, if it's even worth it to go over and over again, but like the, there's a meme that's been going around recently or something that's been posted quite a bit. And it's extremely, it's like an earworm. It's just, you know, once you see it, I've, I've been thinking about it constantly since I saw it. And it simply says a system, the purpose of a system is what it does. The purpose of a system is what it does. So people will claim that, well, this system is for, you know, the asylum system is for protecting political dissidents from persecution by unfriendly governments. It's like really because what it does is flood America with 10 million random people that are not being persecuted by anybody. So that's the purpose of the system. You can say the purpose is whatever you want. The outcome of the system is the purpose of the system. And so all of these systems, you have to separate the language, the the rhetoric about it from the actual outcome. The purpose of the system is what it does. There is, after all, no point in claiming that the purpose of the system is to do what it constantly fails to do. So use that by Stafford Beer. I don't know. I I mean, it's like, I know you know all this, but it's also, this is what we have to get across to people. I know our audience understands the level of deception that goes in to every single one of these societal 
conflagrations, this, this arson that's being inflicted on our culture and society and race and, and everything. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know. Because it's, it's so obvious. It's like, on one hand, I can't believe people can't see this. I don't believe people can't see this. I, I, unless people are really just willfully ignorant to everything that's going on, I have to think there's some glimmer who have built literally hundreds of new coal power plants who don't even pretend to worry about the pollution that those power plants cause. So, like, everything these people say they believe is just, on the face of it, obvious bull crap. And then you've got things like diversity. And uh, End Wokeness posted this. This is the DEI office at United Airlines. Diversity just means no white people. A season of celebration and reflection. In celebration of the December holiday season, Chief Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Officer Jess... Jessica Munch and her team share some of their favorite holiday traditions and what they're looking forward going uh, into the next year. It's so diverse. It's nothing but black people, maybe a Middle Eastern guy, maybe another Middle Eastern guy, and maybe that woman in the middle is Hispanic, maybe. No white people, though. No white people and no diversity. By definition, they're not diverse. They're all exactly the same. They're all the same ethnicity. They're all the same belief system. So again, on the face of it, just on the face of it, these things are ridiculous. These things are absurd. These things are lies. They're just lies. So you, could, you can just see through them if you want. It's not that hard. When they say we love diversity, and then they point to a group of all black people and say, look how diverse. Can you do that? Can you, can you do that mathematics in your head? Can you figure out what they're really saying? You know, diversity means no white people. Inclusion means exclusion of white people. And equity means taking things from white people. It's not that complicated. It's really not that hard to figure out. It's obvious. It's all so obvious. And of course, it's so obvious that they can only maintain the illusion by absolute and total control of communication, which is why they're so desperate to censor everybody all the time. Because you can't have people noticing things and then explaining these things to other people who haven't noticed yet. That's the destruction of the system. And this is an example of the level of gaslighting that's happening in the uh, media right now. There was a fact check from USA Today that says only dirt and tools found in New York Tunnel, not mattresses or booster seats. Fact check. Now, we showed you the videos of the booster seat. We showed you the videos of the mattresses. So why are they telling you that they don't exist when you saw them on video? Now, we've said a million times the purpose of the mainstream media is to tell the truth but leave you believing a lie. That's what they're doing in this case. What they're saying is, well, that mattress wasn't in the tunnel. It was in the wall. So to say that there was a soiled, possibly bloody child-sized mattress in the tunnel is not true. It was in the wall outside of the tunnel. Oh, okay. Thanks for clearing that up, you propagandist psychopaths. Well, that child's booster seat wasn't in the tunnel. It was in the basement corridor leading to the tunnel. Okay, thanks for clearing that up. 
you deceivers, you manipulators, you liars. And this was accompanied in this post with, uh, this is actually posted by uh, iHypocrite on Twitter. The purpose of propaganda, at least in its late stage form, is not to inform you or deceive you or even manipulate you. It is to humiliate you. Its purpose is to be so outlandish, so ridiculous, and so blatantly untrue, and yet so totally undeniable in order to reinforce the power of the state. The Soviets referred to this as hyper-realism. That is the state of everyone saying things that are completely false and that they know to be false, but which they cannot deny. The supermarket shelves are empty and bread lines stretch around the corner, but the newspapers report that the year's agricultural quotas have been exceeded once again. And everyone is forced to repeat this lie, and thus they become complicit in it. It is a system of total societal humiliation and control. And this is from all the way back in may of 2022 that this was originally posted but it's been the same thing continuously and and again i don't know i don't know how to get this through to people that and and whether it's a tactic or not the overwhelming nature of the deception is such that the scale itself makes it hard to deny so you might be able to buy – you might be able to believe me if I tell you like one thing's a lie. Like, well – and I've had this in conversations with people because people are very resistant to like conspiracy theories. But for some reason, if you're like corporations are greedy and that's why this is happening, they're like, yes, yes, thank you, thank you. Like it's, it's, it's a little bit insane, right? If you try to tell them that the, pe- <laughs> the people that are, are in charge of the climate change agenda – chopping down forests in British Columbia, shipping them to UK and then burning the trees for fuel and then calling that carbon neutral and saying it's for climate change. It's like they don't even, they can't even register how ridiculous that is. They just go, that's not happening. That's not the case. Like, I can't believe that. It's like, well, I can show you the articles from mainstream media. It's happening. And they just like can't quite fathom it exactly. Uh, but if you were to say uh, this corporation is chopping down a forest for profit, People go, oh, they're so evil. These evil corporations are so evil, and they're evilly doing this for evil profit. It's like something about it having like monetary incentive. People get it immediately, but like they can't, they can't understand people that are motivated some, by something other than money. Even though they know that the people that are doing this have all of the money, they cannot be motivated by money because they, they have all of it. You see what I'm saying? It's like people... The regular people can't understand uh, the scale of deception that we're dealing with in that everything is fake. Everything is fake. The border security is a farce. It is fake. It is by design. It's an invasion on purpose. The vaccine gets you more likely to get the virus. It's not just not effective. It is a poison. People can't handle that. Maybe they can handle one. Maybe they can handle the other. To handle all of this, I guess, takes a lot of intellectual fortitude or something. I don't know. It seems pretty easy to me. It seems pretty easy to understand all of this. The vaccine makes you more likely to get the virus. The virus itself was created in a lab and probably released on purpose. The election in 2020 was stolen by a consortium of deceptive conspiratorial actors in specific swing states to steal the election from Trump. January 6th was full of FBI agents who coordinated the action. The mob, the crowd was peaceful until they were attacked by police. 
and then responded to that attack. It was an inside job. It was entrapment. They opened the door for the people and then charged them for for going inside. Jeffrey Epstein worked for Mossad and was running a blackmail ring for elite pedophiles who knew what they were doing. They weren't surprised to find out that there were tapes. They knew. This is the thing. These people are willingly doing these things. So when you understand the scale of deception, when you understand just how monumental this operation is and how it's all intertwined and how it's all the same actors manipulating all of these things, it's very easy to resist. It's very easy to stand up against it. And so I don't know, as somebody who is aware of this stuff, as somebody who's speaking to an audience who's largely aware of this stuff, I don't know how we convince our fellow Americans if they can't see it for themselves. It's like we're out here trying to campaign to tell people the sky is blue when it's manifestly true with their own eyes. Everybody can see the reality of the situation. They're either willfully ignorant, willfully blind to this, they're in on it, or they're just so weak that they, they, they can't handle the, the moderate discomfort of understanding the truth. And I don't know what the option is. You know, I sit up here and I yell and scream about the New World Order and the globalists. They're planning to get rid of the borders and release a virus and have a global power grab. And you saw it all come true. But there's a inverse of that. There's not just the bad stuff I'm telling you about. There's the good stuff I'm telling you about. And just like our information is the best you're going to find out there, our supplements are amazing. So our new special in the last half of January 2024 is here. It's Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus, both 50% off. We're calling it the Supercharged Special. You can get either one of these great items at 40% off individually or together for 50% off. Now, in the time we have left, I can't tell you why they're so great and what they do for your body. Go to InfoWarsShore.com, look at the ingredients and investigate it, and then get them. It supports the InfoWar and it'll change your life. Take advantage now, InfoWarsStore.com. Infowars.com is tomorrow's news today. Taking a record of the hearts and minds of the American people, it's the American Journal with your host, Harrison Smith. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is the American Journal. I'm your host, Harrison Smith. Very happy to be joined now by two guests, Josh and Anthony Rubin of Muckraker. They're journalists who report on illegal immigration, human smuggling, and issues affecting the border. You can find Muckraker at x.com slash realmuckraker and on YouTube as well at Muckraker or go to muckraker.com. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Appreciate you having us on, Harrison. Thank you. Well, I, I appreciate uh, y'all coming on. Anthony, of course, uh, was in studio with us, I think, shortly after returning from the trip that you guys made following the path of illegal immigrants. And now you've come out with an extremely powerful documentary. We'll show a clip of it in the next segment. But tell us about this documentary and uh, what you're able to capture and present in this film. Yeah, 100 percent, man. So we just captured the entire route from Quito, Ecuador all the way to the United States border. I don't believe that there's anybody out there that's ever documented the whole thing. The closest I've seen to it is there was a YouTuber who went through the Darien Gap and also rode the train of death. 
a couple months ago. Everybody keeps referring to that. But, you know, there's no context about the larger U.N. framework and agenda behind this, uh, the types of aid that these people are getting. Uh, you know, like your guys are playing on screen here, the different Chinese staging hotels that we found, uh, you know, the different cartel organizations that are behind it. So it's really just a deep dive about the whole trail. And like I said, the the, the organizations, the U.N. organizations that are behind it and kind of the, the larger framework about what's going on here, which is replacement migration. That's what it's all about. Yeah. And that's just one of the threats that we face with the, the illegal immigration. You just use the term. Uh, Chinese staging hotels. And and we have this story from InfoWars uh, published today. Tens of thousands of illegal Chinese migrants detained at U.S. border in major national security threat. So apparently uh, for the first or for the last 10 years, there's been an average of 1,500 Chinese nationals crossing over the southern border per year. So we went from 1,500. In one year, it jumped to 30,000, 31,000 actually Chinese citizens. So the amount of Chinese citizens crossing our southern border has jumped by 30 times in one year. To me, this sounds like a deliberate military invasion. Did you guys see anything uh, that evidenced that? 100%. Josh, take it away because the, the, go go for it, Josh. Okay, well, well, we, every single person uh, that was Chinese that we asked, are there Chinese police in the United States? Are there spies living in the United States? Every single one confirmed to us, yes, there are. So take that for what you will, but... As for these uh, Chinese staging hotels, you can see in the video, it's all very deliberate. It's all very planned. Like the, these hotels, everything's written in Chinese. They're already expecting these people. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty clear that the influx of these people is so great that these staging points are expecting these people. Uh, and, and to give more context, these hotels that we stumbled upon, it's all throughout the route, but there's a ton of them in South America. We saw some of them, well, we saw we saw most of them in Colombia along the way. And um, these are just hotels that you'll stay at. And we actually, we found them, one of them by accident, the other one the police took us to because we were just asking around to see if we could find anything else similar to it. And we stay at this hotel, we show up, and the whole thing is just filled with mostly military-aged men that were from China, and then there were some women and children with them, but the whole hotel was Chinese people. I mean, we talked to the staff, and they confirmed that we were the only non-Chinese staying there. And so I guess to add to what you're saying there, man, um, I'm surprised that the number is only 31,000. When we entered the jungle, we went in there with a large group of people. There were multiple hundred Chinese people in our group. Right. And so I'm surprised if you, if you extrapolate that out over the course of a year, it would come out to more than 31,000. So I'm actually surprised at that number. Uh, but I could confirm that that is certainly at least directionally accurate. And, um, you know, there's no doubt that we have saboteurs, spies and all sorts of people from China that are coming across, to put it lightly. Right. And as you were traveling with people, were there people that you were with the whole trip or was it a, a constant sort of changing uh, array of people that, that you were associated with? And were you able to talk to them very much? I imagine the language barrier would make that a little bit difficult. But how much were you able to just communicate with your, your fellow your fellow immigrants in this situation? From from China in particular or all over? Oh, from all over. From all over. You, uh, you know, it depends on the country. You're certainly able to get by. You know, a lot of times there'll there'll be at least somebody in their group that knows a little bit of English or will use a translator, if anything. So you get by. Um, but, you know, to add to what Josh was saying or just to repeat it, you know, for example, we talked to multiple Chinese where we were able to, like, get kind of get them away and make them feel safe. And uh, then we'd start talking to them and we would ask them the question, hey, are like, are there Chinese spies headed up to America? You guys could see this in the video. And the 
you know, they'll be like, yeah, of course. I mean, there's plenty of people we talked mm-hmm. to that confirm this that aren't even in the documentary. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, we were able to communicate with a lot of these people. I mean, there were some of them that don't want to communicate, like, you know, angry military aged men from uh, Syria, from the Middle East that, you know, start flipping out when you put a camera on them. So, you mm-hmm. know, it really depends. But yeah. And and that's that's exactly what I was wondering, whether there was a lot like whether you had any late night chats on the train of death with people who were just going, you know, I just can't wait to get to America to live the American dream and I want freedom and or whether there was more like, you know, surly silence as uh, these people who were coming across uh, had no interest in in being American. Like what was the what was the attitude of the overwhelming uh, number of people? Obviously, it varied. Uh, but do you think there were more people that were just sincere immigrants that wanted to be American and were just taking advantage of this ch- opportunity or more people that seemed to not really care about America and were just going to, you know, take advantage of Americans? Josh, go for it. Uh, to be fair to most of the people I saw, I I mean, just take it for, for what it is. Personally, yeah. I think that a lot of these people are authentic. I think a lot of them do just want to go to America and we're using this opportunity does that make it okay? Does that mean it's not a problem? Does that mean that all these people or most of these people are not going to come and you know be supporting one side of the political aisle? No. So it's still an issue regardless of whether or not their intentions of coming here are uh, you know based in you know something good or not. Mm. Yeah, and and I will add to what Josh is saying. You know, it doesn't their their intentions uh, don't matter as much as why they're being let in, and they're being let in because you know we we know why they're being let in. Right. Agenda 2030 actually says it. You could go read the Agenda 2030 white paper. Uh, it's called Migration in the 2030 Agenda. It's like a derivative of the actual Agenda 2030 white paper, and it calls these people. It says that we need migration for the 2030 Agenda to see it through because these people are agents of development. Mm. That's why they're being let in. It's for mass demographic change, right? So you know, as far as these people, you hear why they're coming up here. I don't even know that a lot of these people understand what, you know, the, basically the the ideals of, you know, individual liberty, of small government, of free market capitalism. I'm not sure that that's something that they're even really familiar with. You know what I mean? They're just going to America. They're like, hey, it's better than living in uh, mm-hmm. Honduras or El Salvador. So that's where I'm going to go. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Now, you guys have obviously, I mean, you get kidnapped to the cartel at one point. Again, we'll play a little clip. We'll play the first minute of the documentary uh, when we come back from commercial break. But you guys really put yourselves out there. I mean, this was obviously an extremely difficult thing to make. It was probably expensive to make, to to do all the traveling that you did. It's extremely dangerous as you're literally riding on something called the train of death to capture this. And then you just give out the documentary for free on uh, on Twitter, on X and, and muckraker.com. Uh, how can people support you in this? And uh, and why are you are going through so much and sacrificing so much just to give the documentary away for free? Yeah, I mean, people could support us at muckraker.com slash donate if they want to drop a couple of bucks. That would be great. Uh, but, you know, as I said in your show, I'm not really – or they could buy some merch as well, shop.muckraker.com. But, you know, the reason why I'm doing this, man, is because I truly believe – and, you know, I'm not BSing when I'm saying this. Like people think that I'm trying to sound all, all, all grandiose or trying to sound like a hero or something, which I'm not. I, I just – I truly believe that our country is on the verge of extinction, and mm. I'm not going to sit idly by and watch that happen, man. You know, So this is my contribution. You know what I mean? I'm looking around. I'm, I'm surveying the field. I'm like, what can I do? You know what I mean? I don't have millions of dollars to go run for political office. I don't even know if I would do that if I had all the money because you know I don't believe that I have the credentials for it, like an AOC being a bartender and then running, right? <laughs> so, um, uh, so I say, okay, hey, listen, we got a camera. We're, we're men and we could make this journey happen. We have the means to do it, fortunately. So 
you know, let, let's do that and let's try to affect some change by putting the information out there. That's really what it boils down to. Oh, it's such an important thing, and, and your attitude is honestly so admirable. I wish more people uh, understood that and did what you do. I mean, we could talk about this forever, but you guys actually have the footage on the ground embedded with the immigrants, and that's, like, more valuable than we can possibly imagine. So I just want to thank you for everything you've done. We'll be back on the other side with Josh and Anthony Rubin of Muckraker, Real Muckraker on Twitter, Real Muckraker on YouTube, muckraker.com. We'll show you a clip for the uh, on the other side. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed, dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globals bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. You know, I sit up here and I yell and scream about the New World Order and the globalists. They're planning to get rid of the borders and release a virus and have a global power grab. And you saw it all come true. But there's a inverse of that. There's not just the bad stuff I'm telling you about. There's the good stuff I'm telling you about. And just like our information is the best you're going to find out there, our supplements are amazing. So our new special in the last half of January 2024 is here. It's Real Red Pill Plus and DNA Force Plus, both 50% off. We're calling it the Supercharged Special. You can get either one of these great items at 40% off individually or together for 50% off. Now, in the time we have left, I can't tell you why they're so great and what they do for your body. Go to InfoWarsShore.com, look at the ingredients and investigate it, and then get them. It supports the InfoWar and it'll change your life. Take advantage now, InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. In 2023, nearly a quarter million illegal aliens entered the United States every month. Nearly all of these illegals followed the same mass migration trail that starts in Quito, Ecuador, and ends at the U.S. southern border. So, we decided to follow the trail ourselves. Along the way, we discovered secret Chinese staging hotels, crossed through the world's deadliest jungle, embedded with an illegal alien caravan, rode the Mexican train of death, and finally were kidnapped by the Gulf Cartel, just hundreds of feet from the United States border. This video will expose the entire illegal alien pipeline for what it is, a United Nations weaponized migration agenda masquerading as an organic humanitarian crisis. This agenda directly benefits cartels and human smugglers, exposes the United States to incredible geopolitical threats, and could potentially usher in permanent one-party rule. So folks, that's just the first minute of the new documentary by Muckraker, and my guests, Anthony and Josh Rubin, are the ones who put it together and, and 
braved the route and rode the train of death. And of course, you can see there the some of the maps on screen for our television viewers uh, that actually instruct the migrants where to go and and the friendly stopping points where they can, you know, rest and and be fed and all of that. I mean, just incredible stuff, guys. I really can't say enough about the fact that you guys just went out and did this. And I just so wish we had more people doing what you do. Although I don't know if, I don't know if they all could, maybe, maybe you guys have uh, something special about you. I don't know if I could do this really. And again, real muckraker on Twitter, on YouTube at real muckraker and the website muckraker.com. The whole documentary is about 40 minutes long. And I mean, the footage is incredible. The things you've uncovered are incredible. What was something that you didn't expect and like how much research did you do going into this were you pretty prepared for what you were gonna uh run into or was there anything that just blew you out of the water that you had no idea was happening what was the biggest surprise for you during the trip um josh you you go next i was gonna say for me man you know possibly the chinese hotels Mm. um although that really shouldn't have come as too much of a surprise uh, you know, possibly some of the hostility we were getting from these people that are supposedly going to America to become good Americans, right? Because they because they love our country, right. and then when they see us, you you realize that they actually are very hostile to Americans when they see them. So that was kind of a surprise. What about you, Josh? I mean, I guess it wasn't that much of a surprise because in the video, I literally say like, when we're on La Playa Baghdad, hopefully we don't get picked up by human smugglers along the way. Right. But. The fact that it actually did end up happening, I don't think I was seriously expecting it to get kidnapped. I think I kind of just said that and it actually ended up happening, which is pretty funny. But no, I I didn't uh, really expect I thought we were just going to keep walking up that beach, dude. I thought we were just going to cross the river. I was kind of worried about like getting our stuff wet, getting the camera wet, not having the footage. But the yeah. fact that we actually ended up getting kidnapped, I don't know. That, that was, that's pretty crazy. Just, yeah, I definitely wasn't expecting we, we were just walking up. We were just walking up this public Mexican beach, man. I mean, I, certainly we weren't expecting to get kidnapped. Otherwise, we wouldn't have done that. I thought we were going to be straight. Yeah, I thought we were going to be fine because, like, you're walking up this beach. And, like, if you like, when you're down the beach, when you get there, there's, like, restaurants and stuff. Like, there's yeah. fishermen. And, and, like, you think it's just that. Ah, it doesn't seem like it's that bad. It doesn't seem like a place where, you know, the cartel's going to pick you up. That's, that's where we were. And, like, there was just, like, people just, you know, hanging out there. And I just want to say this harrison just before we, we end this question uh so because everybody's gonna i already know what's gonna come people are gonna be like oh well wait they they got all their gear smashed how did they come away with this footage the only thing that didn't get taken from us is our gopro camera they didn't find it because it was in like this front waist pouch and i guess they just didn't think that there was a pouch there that so we still have our footage from the last moments before we got kidnapped uh that's the only footage from mexico that we were able to retain uh then after this was done after the whole kidnapping thing went down and they smashed all our gear, we actually had to buy new gear and fly back into Mexico and ride the train of death for a whole second time. So most of that train of death footage, there's some from the first time around because we had captured it in a GoPro and they didn't capture that. And then this second time around, which is right here, this was actually, you know, our whole second journey on this train, even more sketchy the second time. First time we rode on the top, second time they freaking locked us inside of one of these like cattle cars. Wow. Totally sketchy. This one might have been the most sketchy thing I've ever done in my life. We get into this thing, and you guys see in the video, in the middle of the night, and I'm like, oh my God, are they going to lock us in here? And then they just slam the door shut. Um, you know, and if you take this thing all the way to the end, man, like in, in South Texas, the cartel men will meet you there at the very end and like, take you off of this thing and extort you and haul you, will haul you to the border and extort you if you don't pay them. That's, that's what's going on. Yeah. So, so the, the participation of the cartel, sometimes it's portrayed like, well, the cartel might take advantage. They might smuggle drugs or whatever. But 
as, as you're talking, I'm getting the impression that, I mean, the cartels were running this whole thing from beginning to end. I mean, is that is that the case? How involved were the cartels in this uh, whole operation? The cartels run the entire thing, man. Cart- I mean, I don't know about as far south. Well, actually, we have heard that as far south as the Darien Gap. I've gotten intel from uh, Michael Gian that the uh, that Mexican cartels are actually moving operations as far south as the Darien Gap, incredibly. But it, all of Mexico is highly controlled, man. We had, I believe, Sinaloa. Um, again, I can't confirm that, right? I didn't ask them, but I believe it was Sinaloa cartel who smuggled us into Mexico. It was certainly a cartel organization. Then we had cartel men load us up onto the train of death. And obviously they kidnapped us at the border. I mean, that entire country is controlled by these different, you know, cartel organizations, hundred percent. And I mean, they're, they're making billions of dollars a year off of this. And, and are they working hand in hand with the UN organizations or is there sort of a don't ask, don't tell like, oh, we aren't going to ask how you got here or, or, or is it is the cooperation open and acknowledged between the legitimate UN uh, and NGOs and the criminal cartels? How closely do they work together? Did you witness anything that would uh, give you an answer to that? I think they're just uh, they're just benefiting from the byproduct of the UN's decisions, uh, basically. But I, but I will say this though, it, it's definitely an indirect. Uh, uh, they're they're an indirect beneficiary of this whole UN mass migration program. But I mean, let me just say this, right? They they hand out all these maps to these agents of development, as they're called, right? And um, these maps direct these agents to um, these different crossing points. And each one of these crossing points, we already know who controls those, right? Mm. So they're they're sending them basically right into the open arms of these cartel organizations. All these maps that are on screen right now, all the crossing points that you see along the U.S. border, every single one of those is controlled. You're not going to cross there unless you know you're paying the cartel, or you just happen to get really lucky and make it across without paying them. But that's probably not going to happen, or you're going to get kidnapped like we did, right? So it's an indirect. They're an indirect beneficiary, 100%. Man, that's just absolutely insane. You know, obviously you said they smashed your equipment, so you you lost footage of the train. You had to go back and get it. Was there anything else that you lost, any footage that you lost that you really wish was in the documentary? Anything in particular happened that that you wish you could show people? Yeah, there's this, uh, so, okay, we ran into this caravan in Tapachula, Mexico, and they were stopped for like days, I believe, and they were like so mad. And that, that Biden chant that we actually put at the end of the intro in the video that was the only thing that we were we actually backed up everything else from that day got lost um it was it was a crazy day uh yeah and, yeah no nah, and so we went back and we embedded with that same caravan but they were split up a little bit more and they were walking a straight line so we still got caravan footage uh in the video which uh, was really good but a lot of like the hard-hitting like you know all these pissed off immigrants all gathered in one place uh, we lost a lot of that footage, which, you know, it, I mean, you know, it is what it is. It's still a great documentary. Uh, it still gets the point across. But would it have been great if we had had that footage? Definitely. And yeah. it sucks that we don't. Have that. Yeah. The 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 when when that air that, you know, where we got those chants where they're all chanting for Biden. I wish this is literally all that's literally all we have. Like, I wish we had more context because before that you should have heard they were all surrounding us and they were ranting about Biden, how they loved him so much. You know what I mean? Because. I don't like that we don't have the context off of that clip because and there was so much more before there as well. But I only have that clip because I uploaded it to Twitter and I was able to you know rip it back off. Um, but there was all this context beforehand, you know, because I worry that people are going to think that somehow we staged that. We didn't stage that. That we were just standing there. And before that, they're ranting. They're like, we're from Honduras and we're going to America. And then all of a sudden, this guy just starts chanting for Biden and they all hop in. It's just it's a crazy clip. Wow. But uh, yeah, I mean, 
you know, it's, it's definitely, it is what it is. It's now. definitely crazier. But one thing I will say is the documentary still gets all the same points across. I mean, all these people are definitely here uh, supporting Biden. So it's not like it's just a crazier version of what is in the video that uh, the cartel destroyed, unfortunately. Yeah. Man, just absolutely incredible. Again, I just want to thank you guys for for putting yourselves through this and coming out on the other side with an incredible documentary. You can find it at x.com slash real muckraker at real muckraker is the name of the channel on YouTube as well. And you can go to muckraker.com to see this documentary. It is a a full-fledged documentary with embedded. I mean, this is the type of stuff. It should really win Pulitzer Prizes. Like this should actually be celebrated by our entire country but of course the mainstream wants nothing to do with this they'd rather shut you up and so i'm just glad that we have a platform that we can try to get this information out anthony rubin josh rubin thank you so much for joining us thank you for everything that you do and congratulations on the documentary well harrison thank you so much for having us on and yeah we really appreciate appreciate you helping us promote this thing and get the word out man thank you yeah thanks oh man i just you know if nothing else i just want to inspire either people to help you do what you do and support muckraker so that you can be out there doing this important investigative work or to take a a page from your book and go wait if these guys can do it so can i i can take a camera i can go embed myself with with some group of people and expose something that the mainstream media is hiding from me incredible work you guys true info warriors on the ground revealing the truth folks we'll be right back for the third hour muckraker.com is where you can watch that documentary one of the most frustrating things about being awake to the globalist agenda is seeing the general public still asleep, by and large, not aware of the magnitude of the incredible danger they're under, but also the ongoing attacks and the magnitude of the death caused by the lethal injections, masquerading as vaccines. It is so frustrating to see people going about their daily lives oblivious and you realize ignorance is not bliss, it equals death. But people are starting to really understand how serious things are. And that's that's a hard thing to do because to wake up to a dystopic reality and realize that we're in the middle of a giant biological weapons war against humanity and that there's mass sterilization that's already taken place and they're cutting off all the major energy sources is really hard to deal with, but it's the reality. Facing it is our only chance to turn this around because stuff's about to get really, really nasty. Infowars.com.